This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome back to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica. Um, for those that are watching video, totally don't have makeup on today, but I just decided I was going to be authentic and go for it. So deal with me as I am. Um, if you're not, we're just on audio and I'm, I'm talking today with my guest, Jessica Hoddle. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for just having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, definitely. So where do you live? I live in Pennsylvania. Okay. So interesting. I just had another guest on the other day that was from Pennsylvania. Okay. So you're, you're not too far from me. I'm in Indiana. So, um, have you lived there your whole life? Uh, no, I haven't. I actually have only lived here for about five years. Uh, when I got married to my husband, he, I moved here because I worked from home and it was a little bit more flexible. So I actually grew up in Ohio. Oh, okay. So the Midwest. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, tell us outside of that, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and what you're up to these days. Yeah. I, one, I just love, I really have come to this conclusion that I love helping women get healing, uh, emotionally healing with God, of course. And I know that's kind of the outcome, but the story that led me to that is really just through my own pain, which I think so many of us, it's our witness after that, you know, God gets to use it for good, no matter what, if we're willing. And I've been around, you know, I grew up with people that were very manipulative, physical, emotional abuse. And I took that a lot into my childhood. And so I turned it to, you know, men, I turned it to my business, I turned it to my body. And then it just kind of compounded over the years. And now I about pretty much when I met my husband is when I was the first time I came out of this fight or flight mode and felt emotionally and physically safe for the first time to where I could actually bear the stories that I was carrying for a long time that I thought I was processing, but really I was processing, then compartmentalizing and putting them away. And that was when I really began the emotional and physical healing journey, which is why now I really love to be able to help set women free and just helping them get to the point that God does want them well. And so how long ago did you meet your husband? Uh, we've been together for seven years. So we've been married for five. Okay. What do you think it was about meeting him that was a turning point? Well, one, he was like no other guy that I'd ever dated before. And I think it was around 26 when I met him because I'm 33 now. But he was I had gotten to a point in my dating where I just said, okay, like I'm done. Like I'm done doing it my way, God. I'm done picking out all these people. I'm done trying to strive and get them to love me. And when I hit that point, I had just become okay with being single. And it was literally probably two months after that is when God brought uh, John into my life. And when we met though, we kind of interviewed each other Um, and so we just, he was just completely opposite. He had his own business. He had his own career. Um, unlike any other guys I dated and he was kind and compassionate and he listened, 
And that was the first time, like I said, I felt emotionally safe because he wasn't using my words against me. He wasn't trying to tear me down. He wasn't trying to use me or abuse me. And physically safe was he didn't do anything physically to harm me as well. And when your body starts to feel safe for the first time is when you can actually begin to process everything that you've experienced prior. Yeah. And I think when you can actually look back and recognize what you were going through, because I think until you're out of something like that, you you can't, you, you can't, you can't look at it and be like, you can look back and say, Oh my gosh, I had no idea how, how deeply that was affecting me or, or how that was directing my actions or my attitudes or my thoughts. Yeah. Um, I've had similar circumstances like it, with other issues where I can look back and see things like that. Um, and that's such a good point is when you, sometimes you don't know how bad it is until you're out of it. Um, and so that's such a good point. Now you have been a writer for a long time though, right? Yeah, well, not a super long time, but I, my first book really came out and started in 2014. Okay. So around the time you met your husband? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I, yeah. I almost launched my first book, I think, pretty much that year that I did meet him. <laughs> yeah. And how did you lead up to that book? And, and how did you get to that point where you were writing a book? I... It's so funny because I remember times when I was in high school, maybe around ninth grade, 10th grade, that I would write poems a lot or even eighth grade where I would just write and write poems. And it was like, uh, how can I rhyme this? You know, and really I was writing my feelings and I didn't know that. And I just remember thinking like, God, why am I writing a book? I don't remember anything that you put on my heart about writing a book because I didn't read books, you know, in high school. I don't know how I passed because I don't remember ever reading a novel. (laughs) I don't remember ever reading any of the English assignments, you know, and I just always got C, you know, grammar, English, average grades, barely passing. And that's so crazy (laughs) that you became an author. I know. And that's when I think he reminded me of like, Hey, do you remember when you used to write like poems? And I was like, Oh, like I did this. And then I shelved it. And he reminded me then, because when I started writing my book in 2014, I actually started writing my pain. I started writing Mm. my experience. And that's really where um, Know Your Worth was birth. Oh, that's so cool. And did you at that time have an audience or how did you know that you could sell a book or that you had an audience for a book? Mm -hmm. I just started sharing a lot of experiences on Facebook and Instagram. I started my business at 22. So I've been on the internet world for 11 years at least. And Instagram and Facebook, I mean, Instagram wasn't even, it's not that old, Mm -hmm. but Facebook has definitely changed so much in the last 11 years. But I just would post up things and hashtag it, know your worth. And a lot of people were resonating with it. And that's when I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go out and release a book and see what I can do. But yeah, it was about, of course, you want to make your money back, especially as a self-published author to, to do that. But in that season, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, okay, I'm following and researching and doing all the things that I can do. And I thought I had an audience for the book because people seemed to be resonating with my story. And that was really why I also continued in the process of launching the book. So have all your books been self-published? Yes. Yep. Including this next one. Yes. Yep. Oh, Quite the journey. Sorry, you you cut out for a second. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, can you hear, hear me. You. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, we had a little disconnection there, but I think we're good. Um, that is so interesting. Um, 
let me be just like a writer nerd for a second and ask you some questions on that. Um, you know, a lot of people obviously want to publish a book. I mean, so many people, that's their dream. And uh, many have the dream of publishing, like with a publishing company. Um, Mm -hmm. thankfully these days it is easier to self publish, but it's also a lot. I mean, it's, it's a lot like to get an editor is very expensive and just the whole process can feel a little overwhelming. So um, can you just tell us a little bit about what your experience has been like self-publishing and, and how you've been able to find success in that? Mm-hmm. There's so many different pros and cons, like you said, to traditional versus self. And I would love a traditional book. Don't get me wrong. I pitched to you know, this, my new book, Face Off With Your Feelings, is been in the making since 2019. And I've rewrote it almost five times. And I've pitched to about 40 agents. And um, I had phone calls with some and got a lot of responses, but I got a lot of no's as well. And obviously all no's. <laughs> but <laughs> for me, it's traditional published is great because they cover the expenses up front. You know, they mm-hmm. cover the the writing, the editing, the editing process basically is taken care of. Um, but, you know, traditional published as well, it's they you have, you know, your royalties, you might get an advance and there's a lot more pressure because people yes. think traditionally published, you are kind of like just That's the front the runner. Time. Yeah, yeah, like the person kind of on the stage while everybody at the publishing house um, is in the backseat, but actually you're doing just as much work as self-publishing as if, if not more, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so if you have a big audience and you've proven that you can sell a book, then yeah, you're going to advance and you might get some PR money, but if not, you're paying for PR, you're paying for advertising, you're doing the podcast, you're doing pitching they might have an internal, again, marketing, you know, where they have podcasts, but, um, the biggest benefit is traditional is just the expense of them paying for basically all the editing. That's one of the biggest yeah, advances. I totally agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you've obviously enjoyed the process or like you continue to do the process of self-publishing. Yeah. How do you get your books out there? For me, it's a lot of podcasting and saving for ads and just marketing, but also you know, you want to make sure your message also aligns with the audience. Cause if you're writing something just to write something, then yeah, that's great. And if you believe God has called you to it, absolutely. He's going to bless it. Right. But we also have to be use wisdom and not just say, we're going to do something because we want to do it and that's it. And so when you're, you know, on Instagram and Facebook and email lists and all that, like, you know, are you speaking to your people that is the heart of your book and the message of your book. Cause you do want people to get it in their hands and be transformed by it. But you want to make sure the message also connects with what you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. So that's hugely important. Have you found any like particular ways that work best for you? Like do you use Goodreads or anything like that? As far as what? In particular? Well, I I've seen that um, Goodreads has like, I did this like mini training on how to like sell your book on Goodreads. And there seemed like there was a lot of tips and tricks that you could do with their like giveaways, like getting people to post about it and stuff. I just wondered if you had used that at all. 
Yeah, there's actually quite a few great, if you are a full-time author or especially a novelist, I noticed they have a mm-hmm. lot more things for those that write novels. Um, Book Sweeps is a great one as well. Book Hub is a great one where you can put your books up, you know, discount them. You can have free chapters of your book for people to opt into. Um, again, for nonfiction, it's not as tailored, but novelists, great. Um, Goodreads, yes, I will be doing that for this book. I'll be putting it on Goodreads. But again, it's different if you want to be a full-time author and you have time to spend because it does. It takes a lot of time. And I don't think, again, authors realize that it's not to discourage you. It's just to say, like, this is going to be training camp. This is going to Mm -hmm. be, like, this is your mission um, to get your message out there of what God has called you to do. And so it takes time to research. It takes time to go in and upload and do discounts or giveaways and change things and, um, you know, all of that stuff. I mean, if you're traditionally published, of course, you're going to have help. You're going to have Amazon. You're going to have different, you know, retailers, but self-published, you're definitely doing work. But again, traditional, you're doing just as much work as well. Yeah. You know, I will say that I, um, have a book coming out and I had a book that came out and, don't even ask me how I've gotten traditionally published. It's like a miracle. <laughs> but um, but from my first time, I didn't know anything or what I was doing at all. Now this time going into it, I am like, I, I'm not even like considering what they're going to do for me. Yeah. Because I, I mean, certainly it, it helped, but like, I'm just like, this is on me. Like I have to get this message out there. And so I agree with you that like, whether you traditional or self, like Mm -hmm. it's still on you. Mm -hmm. And it's like that process of something I didn't understand the first time around. Um, and what I've been doing and like sort of building up for the book that I'm working on now is, um, is like, it's not about, it's not just about the book. (laughs) It's about Mm -hmm. all the other things that go along with it and your overall overarching message of at, like really as you as a person, because like you are sort of a brand. And so your books have gone, your books have, have titles that reflect like your brand for lack of a better term and your ministry and what God has given you. Um, and and I, I love the titles that you've chosen because they do resonate so well. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I could just really go down the rabbit hole with that. So yeah. I will just put a pin <laughs> well, in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the thing about traditional that is a little bit harder, which I love about self is that you have your own rights. So I can do, I can sell on my website, at any price, any cost. I can mm-hmm. offer a discount whenever I want. I can build my email list however I want with the book. And to me, that's ultimate freedom. So that's one of the best things that I love about self is that you get what you can do, any kind of funnel you want. You can do any Mm -hmm. kind of ad that you want. And if they did, like if traditionally published decides to, you know, put, take your books out of print, you don't necessarily have those rights anymore. So you can't even get it back. Um, Again, I'm not dissing either one because there's definitely pros and cons, but for self, my ultimate goal is to definitely build my email list and have a community of people and be able to get the book in their hands and offer discounts around the holidays and stuff like that. And I'm able to do that. And, you know, um, as a self-published. Well, that's really cool. And, you know, I had noticed when I started following you on Instagram, I think I, I sort of picked up on it that, that your books were self-published, but I was like very, I was just so impressed by what you 
had built. And I was like, yeah, this is like an example of someone that has done an amazing job, you know, doing the self-publishing thing and building your own platform. So um, I'm sure we could all learn a lot from you in that respect. But I know we want to talk about your book. So (laughs) tell us about your upcoming book Mm -hmm. and what inspired it. Yeah, you know, for me, of course, it really came out of my own journey. Um, this was more of the emotional side of healing, uh, really facing off with your feelings. And I'm more of like a punchy girl. You know, I always tell my friends, hey, like, don't come to me if you want me to just agree with everything that you say. I want to give all sides of what you say. And that's because I want to love you well. And I want to see you walk in truth in your identity and not be stuck in pain or blame or shame. And that really is what spurred on the book because I started seeing these two sides of the coin where people, even in the church believers, they, you know, we say things like feelings are bad and we make these blanket statements, which, okay, we get that. Like feelings are not what should be guiding us. But then the other side of the spectrum is where we hear people say, just feel all your feelings and it's okay to not be okay, which are still true things but it's not the whole truth. And so Mm -hmm. we need to be able to meet in the middle to say, Hey, I know that what you've experienced, it's not okay. And I know that you feel sad or angry or whatever it is, but I want to speak to the core of who you are. And I want to love you through it so that you don't get stuck so that you don't think it's God causing sickness or pain or anything like that. So that you continue to walk in who God has called you to. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. And really deepen your relationship with God versus disconnecting from God. Because a lot of times that's what pain does because we're told feelings are bad. And then we start to pull away from God thinking, oh, I can't because I've sinned and he sees my mistakes. That is really the premise of the book is I take clinical and biblical to make it practical. Ooh, I like the way you said that. <laughs> I like all those words that kind of sound alike. They go together. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, I love, yeah. you know, emotions are a weird topic, I guess, in the church because, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're they just a hard topic in general because, yeah, we're, we're taught so much like um, that our hearts are, um, what's that Bible verse I just read it yesterday? De- deceitful. Yes. Our hearts are deceitful. Mm -hmm. That's sort of where you see your emotion coming from. Um, You know, don't be, uh, don't make decisions based on your emotion and all this stuff. But the truth is that like, like you're saying, like our emotion, emotions are something God created and gave to us. Mm -hmm. So we don't, they're not bad in and of themselves. Um, And so it is a really hard balance to like sort of figure out 
where to land and how much, um, how much, uh, we give to them and how much we push back and all of that. And so I think that, that people do and are looking for that kind of a roadmap to, mm-hmm. to navigate them. And, and then we do have all the, the outside culture telling us, I mean, it, they don't say it in these exact words, but just like, basically your feelings are all that matter. And there's like zero rationality anymore. Yeah. Um, and everything in life I like to say is nuanced and you have to, you have to figure it out. You have to figure out something that's actually reality and that will actually, it's practical and works mm-hmm. um, for life as it really is. Um, now, what kind of made you think that this is something that your audience was looking for? Mm-hmm. Typically when I talk about feelings, I say, I ask this question and I usually get a very high response about, do you ever feel shame for your feelings? And it's a resounding Yes which tells me as soon as they feel sad, they feel shame for feeling sad because they are a child of God and they feel like they should know better, which yes, we get to partner with the flesh or we partner with the spirit and we know which one leads to. But I think it goes back to feelings are not a sin. Feelings can lead us to sin. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Ecclesiastes, he says, do not let your um, mouth cause your flesh to sin. You know, when he talks about be slow to hear or slow to speak, right? Be quick to listen. It's He's telling us like, hey, we need to pause. Anger mm-hmm. does not produce the righteousness of God. When we act on our anger, it does not produce the righteousness of God. We know that when we're angry and we say things, it does not breed life in our relationships or in our business or anything. We know that. But it's what we do in that pause that matters. So he's not, to me, even in Proverbs, it talks all so much about the words that we speak, you know, sweet like honey, you know, um, what, what they do for our soul. So that tells me that he's concerned about our thoughts and he's concerned about our feelings and he's concerned with what we do with them. I mean, we look at Moses complaining about his speech impediment, complaining that that's a feeling. I don't feel qualified. I don't feel good enough. Those are feelings. Mm -hmm. And he voiced them. And God was like, okay, I'm going to, okay, this is enough. I'm going to give you Aaron. Here you go. We're, you're going to go do what I've called you to do. Granted, he wasn't necessarily sinning, but he was operating out of his flesh, which back then they are, they were a slave to the enemy because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. But, you know, it's just this reality that feelings are not a sin. It's what we do with our feelings that can lead us to a sin. And there's a huge difference. And that's where I want people to understand is we need to pause. We need to ask, you know, what I like to say is this five second face off with your feelings. So five in five seconds, you can face off with your feelings and just say, is this going to help or is this going to hurt? And Mm -hmm. you can have that moment before you decide to respond. Is this going to help the situation? Is it going to hinder it or is it going to hurt? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. I think like I always say, play it forward. Um, I say that in regards to like some other vices in my life, but it it really works for pretty much anything. If you just take a moment, just a brief moment to just ask that question. Um, Now for the, for the women that you have heard from and speak to, what do you find are some of the biggest barriers that they have to finding this like emotional stability? I think it's the full revelation of what Jesus did on the cross. That Because I didn't have a full revelation until about three and a half to four years ago, like really understanding that God does not see you through your sin because he cannot partake in sin. 
Mm. And we often think that God is like, look at all your sin. He doesn't see you through your sin. He sees you through Jesus. So he sees you as righteousness. Like you become a slave to righteousness. Now you're not a slave to sin. And that hinders our relationship with God. When we think that God sees us through our sin or the things that we do wrong or the mistakes, because then it makes us want to pull away because then we go, I'm not qualified to be in your presence. How can you love me for all the things that I've done? But when we get that full revelation of what Jesus really did on the cross and how that connected and reconciled us to God and how God views us through his son, not through our sin, I think that really transforms and begins to transform our heart because everything after that is merely repentance. It's really merely saying you have this godly sorrow that leads us to repentance, right? It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance because we want like when we're being sanctified, it's really that becoming more like Jesus. Yes. I love this line that you just said. Um, He sees us through his son, not through our sin. And I do think that people sometimes don't sort of get that visual maybe, Um, you know, that they constantly have a lot of shame about their sin and yeah, we should confess our sin, but it's like, that's all you need to do, you know, and and then you can leave it there. And um, that's, yeah, that's really just like the whole point of Jesus is just that, you know, God, because he's the, you know, he's the pathway, he's the bridge. And um, I, I just think that's such a good line. These little things that people can remember in their heads really quick, like, wait a second, he doesn't see me through my son. He sees me through his son. Like, yes, I have sin, but that isn't, that's sort of like a side point here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so I think that can be really freeing for people. Um, In terms of, you know, I think sort of what you're talking about reminds me of a lot of work that people that deal with like addictions and things like that have to overcome, you know, in terms of shame and dealing with emotions. Like, have you heard from people that are dealing with things like that, that you think this could be helpful for? I often talk with, cause my fitness business, I have been a fitness online coach for, you know, 11 years. It was my first business. And I often work with people with eating, eating disorders or struggles. And it always comes back to the emotional, you know, I've been a personal trainer, fitness teacher for a long time. And I could have somebody walk on the treadmill for an hour and they wouldn't care because they just want to talk about their life. And they want to talk about what they're experiencing which told me it's more than just the workout. It told me it's more than just the food. And for anybody, cause you know, there are times where we all have idolatry in our heart. It doesn't matter whether you're concerned about followers or likes or pleasing, you know, your friends in a certain way. There's those little forms of idolatry that we have. Uh, but really it's just this process of working it out with the Lord. Um, you know, where he has us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the, I mean, there's so many books out there about emotions, but for me, at least whenever I've read anything that's not faith-based, I don't connect with it as much Yeah, because like, I can't really work through any problem unless sort of God is at the center of Mm -hmm. working through it. And so I think that's why it's so important. Like this kind of book is so important for women, especially that are dealing with that. And of course, as women, we have 
I mean, I'll tell you, I got a lot of emotional issues and we all do have things to work through and it's sort of a never ending thing and you can get better at it, but you're always going to need those coping mechanisms to, to get through it. So what are, you mentioned like the, the five second question where are there other like little tactics you could share or things that you, you bring in the book um, that would be helpful to know? Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, one of the things I do is like a five-step awareness process. Um, It's just kind of helping you be aware in the moment. It kind of, the first thing you want to do is just acknowledge. I think it's getting to the awareness phase. So you're just acknowledging that something isn't right. And then you go into number two, which is identify. You're like saying, okay, I'm, I'm not like something's not right. Like, okay, you, you're acknowledging it. And now you're saying, I think I'm sad. I think I'm angry. I think I'm envy. I think I'm jealous, you know, whatever it's kind of carrying. Um, and then you just kind of go into number three, which is acceptance. Now this is a tricky one because people go acceptance and that's just what you are. And I, you know, being sad doesn't make you a sad person. Being angry doesn't make you an angry person. And I think a lot of times when there's feelers or people that have strong emotions, they start to take that as their identity. Well, he's just an angry person all the time. Mm. I don't think that person wants to be labeled as angry, but they probably have a lot of things going on and that's their reaction or defense mechanism or whatever it is. But in those moments that you're experiencing an emotion or feeling, sometimes we just need to let it like go through our body because there's is a chemical reaction. It's happening in our organs. It's happening in our tissues. It's happening in our immune cells. Whenever our fight or flight system kicks in, it's just how God created us. It's science, right? But that's where the beautiful thing about how God created us, you know, to always be helping us and always be in need. But at number three is this acceptance. And then number four is what is this emotion telling you? That's the invitation. That is where you get to go to God and say, Hey, um, why am I really upset right now that this person got this, or, you know, that I'm angry that she said this, like, why, why am I angry? Because that's going to be that invitation to say, Hey, there's something that needs to be healed here. God, that like Mm -hmm. I keep picking up that I'm dealing with help me to process through this. And of course that really goes into number five, which is that conversation with God, you know, Mm -hmm. just saying, Hey, I need like prayer. Let's do this. You know, of course you can have help, a best friend, a counselor, whatever it is that you need, but really it has to be this conversation with God. And so that's like another thing that I talk about in the book of just helping, Hey, what's going on? Stop before, you know, give yourself a moment. um, Yeah. Before, you know, you start to say something, your reaction. Yeah. It reminds me of the the whole thing, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You know, if you <laughs> ask yourself that question before you make a rash or irrational decision or whatever, but I think that's true. I mean, something I, I focus on a lot and I like to remember is that curiosity piece, asking the question. I think number four yeah. was my favorite step that you mentioned because yeah. um, it's usually about something else and it's better to figure out what that is and to like, let it stew. And then it becomes, you know, about something that's not even related. Um, and so I think like intentionality, like is, is extremely important and we have to like discipline ourselves to do that. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's worth it. It's worth it to learn these tactics and take these steps to like untangle, all the stuff that gets us wrapped up. Um, Cause if you don't, then it just becomes like a big knot if you don't, and then everything's all tense. And so it's just like a never ending thing. So 
Um, that's really awesome. So, um, what would you say, or or who would you say this is this book is for? Who should pick this book up? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say it's definitely to all the feelers out there that are like, "Hey, I feel a lot of feelings." Because I've met people like that, right? Like you, they are just feelers. But it's really also for somebody that is stuck in their pain. They're sick of letting their emotions run them, and maybe they don't even know it. And this is really for the one that wears busyness as a badge, because that's me. <laughs> like that's I talk about that in the book. Um, the one that feels like they can't slow down, the one that feels like they don't know what healing is going to bring. I talk about this in the first chapter, because when we think about healing, we're like, I don't got time to heal because it's not going to pay my bills. It's not going to, you know, put food on the table. It's not, but really it changes everything about who we are. And it changes the lens of which we view the world, which changes the food on our table, which changes how we show up to work and treat our employees or our coworkers. And I think that's important. And so this is really just a book about your feelings matter because you matter to God and he wants you well. That I loved what you just said about it changes the food on your table and, and that sort of process of transformation, like everything changes. It's a, it's like a domino effect. Yeah. And that, that is so true. Um, you don't not have time to do this because your whole life, ultimately, the the quality of your life and the quality of your spiritual and emotional health depends on it. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's awesome. Okay, Jessica. Well, I like to finish off my podcast by asking people what they've been reading, um, if they have mm-hmm. podcast recommendations. So uh, let, can you give us anything? Yeah, I really love the book, Keep Your Love On. It's a quick, it's not a quick, I want to say a quick read, but it's an easy read. Um, and I'm reading deadly emotions right now. It really talks about the stress, your thoughts and just, and it has scripture in it. So it very much impacts. He talks about how your thoughts and your emotional life and stress impact your physical impacts, your immunity, and you just can no longer deny that it's all connected. So those are two, two good books. Have you read the body keeps the score? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's on my list. Yeah, it's. It's a really popular one. Um, In-depth, heavy. Um, It takes a long time to go through it if you're not like, you know, I'm not a super neuroscience person, so I'm learning a lot of it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's, I would say reading like um, Switch on Your Brain. That's like Caroline Leaf. She's another heavy neuroscience person, but great content. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of a book that is kind of a quickery, like, uh, the yeah. other half, the other half of church is really easy to understand. Mm. Um, he talks about two sides of the brain and talks a little about neuroscience, but that's another good one to read as well. That quicker read, easier to understand in layman's terms. Okay. That might be the one for me. Like I've debated picking up the body keeps the score, but just for that very reason where I'm like, I don't know, like I, I don't know that I need all the information, you know, yeah. <laughs> to get what I'm trying to get out of it. So yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, when does the book come out? It is coming out in November. So. Oh, so very soon. Okay, well, we'll try to get this episode out um, around that time uh, when it comes out. And um, good luck. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Thank you. This episode was brought to you in part by the Lord of Spirits podcast. Many Christians yearn to break free of the influence of secular materialism. 
and to understand the union of the seen and unseen worlds as made by God. What is the spiritual world like? Tune in wherever you get your podcasts.